Hello, this is the Freudcast. While one man born in post-war Britain is battling another born during Beatlemania to be Prime Minister, what exactly do our younger voters think of politics right now? In General Election Week, Freud's invited a clued-up panel to tackle the question, where will Gen Z put their ex? For this episode, my colleague Tom Bolger, who is firmly in the demographic, caught up with some of them. You'll hear from Matt Eads from Tory grassroots movement Beyond Blue, stand-up comedian and activist Grace Campbell, daughter of new Labour spin doctor Alistair, and, to begin, the founder of Bite the Ballot, Michael Sarney. So Bite the Ballot is a civic engagement um, social enterprise that looks to reach those furthest away from politics, demonstrate to them that they are political by interesting them in the issues that, that they care passionately about and, and then going on a journey where they can see that those issues are in fact politics and politics would be better with their engagement. So getting them to register to vote, getting them to participate inside uh, the sort of election cycle so they're driving the agenda on the issues they care about and we tend to do that in unconventional ways, large-scale social media campaigns and, and grassroots activities that just really try to bridge the gap between different ideas that exist in a community. Age has very quickly become one of uh, the most defining factors uh, when it comes to voting intention, crossing uh, party loyalty, uh, and had quite a, a, an impact in the 2017 general election. Um, what role do you think it will play in, uh, in this week's election? I think we might see more of the same. You, you'd hope that after the 2017 election that all parties would would kind of latch on to what works. And I think what works is authenticity, meaningful engagement and a sense that you are not just talking to them because the election's in three weeks' time, mm. that, that actually you're engaging with this demographic and you're going to keep engaging with them. And I, and I don't think all the parties do that too well um, and I think young people sort of see through it so it will be interesting uh, obviously there's an intent there because we've had uh, large scale numbers of registrations but Thursday can be determined by so many factors uh, and so I would have liked to have seen more certainly um, but obviously with, with so many people registering to vote you, you do get the intention that they're doing it for a reason. I think in 2017 Labour thought they weren't going to... We thought Labour weren't going to do very well, but there was a huge momentum and energy. I mean, literally momentum behind Jeremy Corbyn, but also just a huge amount of energy behind him, which was, you know, a lot to do with the sort of charge of young people coming behind him and a lot of the new members of the Labour Party. They obviously didn't win, um, nor do I think they're going to win in the election that we've got coming up. But I do think it was young people that swung that vote slightly away from you know a, a Tory majority so I think that that's the impact that that had um if more young people had voted in the EU referendum it could have been a different result um if 16 year olds could have voted in the EU referendum it would have been I think you know a remain result so yeah age and young people can have a lot of power it'd be very interesting to see how you know this huge it's like two million under 35s have registered to vote for the election on thursday so it'd be very interesting to see how that translates into numbers i think it played just a massive influence in 2017 i mean corbyn had a cult of personality behind him that appealed to young people massively i mean at concerts you could find people singing oh jeremy corbyn but i think in this election i don't think that's happened so much i think in the past two years 
um, people start to see him as more incompetent, especially young people. And I actually think a lot of young people who felt betrayed by the Lib Dems before, a sort of newer breed of young people has come along who hasn't seen doesn't feel they've been betrayed by Lib Dems and are switching more to them and some of them to the Tories. One of the uh, issues highlighted, you know, uh, to, to be the most important for, for people under 25, uh, things like climate change, uh, issues like uh, housing, stable work. Um, are there any off the top of your head that you think um, Generation uh, Z feel particularly keenly uh, that they're either being ignored or, or that really needs some uh, attention? I think those three are spot on, definitely. And it's funny because I think they're the same across all ages. It's, some, it's, mm. it's interesting, uh, especially in my line of work, people say, oh, what is it young people care about? And I say, well, they care about the same things as, as you and me, but they might just talk about it in a different way. Uh, the only one thing I would add would be uh, mental health. I think this this generation are showing us more and more that they're open to exploring this and I think our policies need to start to play catch up and that for me is a great way for the next government, whoever they are, to sort of set a precedent that, that we engage those most affected in the solutions. Uh, housing, I think, is a big one. Austerity, you know, cuts all across the board. The NHS... I think, and I can only speak from like the young people I know and the young people that I like follow online, but people are really scared by this idea that Boris Johnson wants to sell the NHS to Donald Trump. I mean, I know that is a kind of like drawn up, like is a slightly scaremongering line, but if that was to be real, that is terrifying for us because one of the best things about this country is the National Health Service and the fact that we have access to like health services without having to worry about how much it's going to cost us so yeah i mean basically austerity in my friendship circles is what people are scared of but i don't i don't there are lots of young people who who, who aren't who don't feel that way and who do support the tories and after nine years of them being in power we'll still vote for them so i can't speak for all of us when you speak to young people and you talk about the election You'll not hear them mention Brexit once, to be honest with you. It is the NHS, it is housing, it's tuition fees. They honestly really couldn't care about Brexit at all. Perhaps this, these years uh, we've been spent saying it's young people's future. <laughs> Our generation, to be honest, has much bigger priorities. Perhaps job opportunities and drug reform are probably the biggest ones that have been ignored. I haven't seen a single major party talk about drug reform. Mm. And I think that's something that a, young, a lot of young people care about, to be completely honest with you. I think that's, for them, could be a sort of deciding vote. But no party... In fact, I think most parties are too scared to talk about it. Climate is a big one. We've, we've done a lot of our own research using gamified techniques to reach people in, in, and, and gather insights and, and we saw huge amounts of insight for what people want even things like ban all single use plastics, reduce flying you know, and, and then for me these can be digital catalysts for then a wider conversation. Just off the back of that uh, all of the parties Conservatives, Labour and Lib Dems in, in particular have put an, a huge amount of spend on uh, digital communication uh, on Facebook advertising. Mm. Um, what role do you think uh, the way that we, uh, the new way that we access information, uh, the new way that policies are um, described and disseminated, what role do you think um, that will have in uh, Thursday's results? For many, it's, uh, we're meeting people where they are, so we're, we're giving them a chance to engage um, where they're spending their time um, 
you know, I think all the parties can can learn a lot better about how they disseminate information and break it down so it's a bit more easy to digest because I do sometimes feel like politics speaks over a lot of us and, and the knock-on effects are then that we don't feel confident to engage or we or we believe we lack the authority to be part of this process. Mm. Um, and if I can just sort of dovetail on that, the need f for me, the clear-cut need for a greater political education so that these, these mechanisms can be out there online, but we've ensured whilst we've got a captive audience from 11 to 18 in school, in school that they really are appreciating critical thinking, or where information comes from, can I trust it, how do I do the research, so it's a bit more holistic so that mm. when, they inter when these come and they interact with them they're ready to ask the right questions or, or, or comment in a constructive manner because obviously we still have this type of social media where the campaigns roll out and then we get the extreme left and the extreme right all just having a go and bashing each other and, and for me that that is a bit of a failure. Some of the stuff they put out, I can only, both, all the parties I can only describe as a tad bit cringy. Uh, Labour, Tories, especially the Lib Dems. Um, some of the stuff they put on social media, a lot of young people will just physically laugh at it because some of it is just you've got to wonder what enough was going into the fort behind a lot of that I mean it is good they're investing it because young people if they get a leaf we've already made our mind up before we get a leaflet through the door knocking on doors isn't the way to get the youth vote out or get people to vote for you but perhaps what they're putting on social media should perhaps have you know sort of young people thinking of it because some of it just screams out of touch to be honest with you do you think it's a bit of a myth that young people are apathetic when it comes to politics that they're not engaged that they are not sharing discussing and uh, debating very important parts of their lives yeah i think it is a myth i think they're doing it in a different way which is why um older people don't quite see it for example, I don't have a single friend who's a member of a political party. When my parents were my age, they were all affiliated with political parties. So I don't think we engage in party politics as much. I think we're cause-based. I mean, we know that. We are cause-based. You know, we care about climate change, primarily issues in this country like Brexit. Um, young people will sort of vote on, on who they feel is, I guess, doing what they want when it comes to those issues. Um, and then the internet, like, gives us engagement in a completely different way. I'm, I've always been really anti, like, the whole clicktivism thing and people kind of slagging off um, people for just engaging in activism or politics online. I do think that is the modern version of turning up to the picket line and, you know, doing that in real life in the way that it used to be. So I, I don't buy that thing when people slag people that just, you know, share online petitions. I do think it is a form of activism. It's not what Greta Thunberg's doing, but it is a form of activism. Like, we can't all be Greta Thunberg. Um, so, yeah, I do think we're very politically engaged, just, like, in different ways. Just And older people are always going to criticise the, the way that we do things because I think they're a bit intimidated in some ways. Thanks very much to our guests, Grace, Michael and Matt, for chatting to Tom. Do keep an eye on Freud's LinkedIn page for new episodes of The Freudcast. For now, I'm Matt Barbette, and thanks to you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>